We'd like to welcome you back to part two of our emergency freedom alerts for March 27, 2023. Now, we're going to uh, keep going in this line of thinking that we got on the last study, but we've got the LED lights and the incandescent subject out of the way. Now, this is also Mark Steele being, he's a weapons expert. He's an, he's an expert in 5G and the weapons platforms in this. I played him a lot lately. And this is entitled 5G Exposure to Enslave the Vaxxed. Vaccination, vaccinated connected to the global digital 5G death grid. Now, we have reported on this. This is more updated information here. So all around the world, throughout the past three years, while we've been trapped at home by bogus COVID lockdowns, one of the biggest infrastructure projects in history has been unfolding. All around the world, 5G wide. And again, Donald Trump took total credit for bringing that to us, the 5G kill grid that was being implemented at maximum warp rate during the lockdown, going into schools, white panel trucks, didn't know what they were. They're going in and totally retrofitting schools and public places with total privacy and anonymity to just retrofit all this 5g kill grids in these public institutions and trump took credit for every bit of it just like he took credit for the big beautiful covid kill shot that he gave us and he still takes credit to this day so this is one of the many many fruits that trump gave us towers are going up 5g as you know is the latest generation of wireless tech it's supposed to make our cell phones faster or so they say but it does that by being far, far more powerful than anything that came before it. At a minimum, that could pose a health issue by causing cancer or God only knows what else. All of this tech is totally untested in terms of health impacts, or is it? Well, in any event, we're now rolling it out worldwide. Will we get cancer? Will we fry our insides? Will we develop brain problems? Will it aggravate COVID? Who knows? Who cares? YOLO, as the kids say these days, right? But of course, that's just assuming that 5G's side effects are due to negligence. And it could be and looks like it may be a lot more sinister than that. Some people think there is a deliberately sinister angle to 5G being hidden from the public. One of those people is Mark Steele. Mark was on this program last summer to make his case that America's 5G network is intended as a weapon for controlling American citizens. Mark previously worked on special energy-based weapons for the British government. He directly compared 5G to microwave weapons and other devices used for crowd control. One He's the gentleman we just heard at the end of the last part that I've played many times lately regarding the LED streetlights. So he knows weapons platforms. That's what he did. And you might remember was capable of literally boiling people's blood inside of their bodies. <clears throat> Mark has continued to research 5G since then, and he joins us now with his latest thoughts and findings. Mark, thank you so much for coming. We appreciate you coming back. Thanks, Jim. Thanks for having me. Yeah, so 5G you maintain is a weapon. Nevertheless, these towers are going up all over the place with basically uh, no disclosure at all to the public worldwide. 5G is part of the digital prison, and it's a digital prison to cause an extermination of the uh, world's population. We'll have the intelligence documents, vast swathes of people. The intention is to exterminate them over the next few years all part of the World Economic Forum 2030 uh, agenda. Uh, the equipment is... So just like the COVID kill shot, just like 5G is just part of the global extermination uh, plan that's being implemented under the guise of it being wonderful, under the guise of, you know, it's it's enslavement, it's killing you, it's, it's 
debilitating you physically on so many levels. It's monitoring you. It's frying you. But, hey, the New World Order and all of our wonderful politicians tells us it's great. The, the media tells us it's great. Everybody, you know. Differentiates from 4G uh, transmitters. And in particular, it's the focality. It's the focus of the energy in air where you've got this blanket coverage which causes a toxicity in air, you positively charge the air, so that becomes noxious, so it would basically gas large proportions of the population. New York in particular, I've seen one of the largest densification of these 5G transmitters anywhere across the USA, and isn't it quite interesting how it's had one of the largest uh, outbreaks of what they said was coronavirus, but we know it to be electromagnetic radiation pollution and the reason for the pulmonary edema, so the flooding in the lung, it's very much like altitude sickness. And we had uh, ICU consultant who reported this uh, altitude sickness symptom, part of what they call coronavirus in the New York area. And obviously, he obviously was removed from his post because what what we would show that to be would be electromagnetic radiation pollution. All of the symptoms of coronavirus are linked to radiation pollution, pneumonia, pulmonary edema, all the, all the known symptoms. So consequently, we know that you know the virus was just a cover for the 5G uh, deployment, and most of the 5G deployment we see large mass, but the most pernicious, the most um, dangerous part of the network is actually situated on street furniture. So street lights, top of street lights, in street lights, all part of a weapon system to control the light emitting diode emission, which can be weaponized. Red, green and blue uh, LEDs can be offset, offset, modulated so they're monochromic so we see this monochromic uh, emission in certain parts of the USA. We see these purpley blue, very purple blue uh, light emitters, and that would tell me so that the purple street lights. Now they're putting them in the inside of buses, um, and elsewhere. You're seeing that, and I've talked a lot about just keying purple, uh, purple lights. Probably is all you would need at contendingfortruth.com. We've talked a lot about that. That's also we didn't even talk about that yet today how a certain percentage, increasing percentage of the streetlights are going over to that. And then that's a whole other different weapons platform. Now he's also talking in here, and he wasn't talking about that in the video I played you earlier, because that was from pretty far before how the 5G is now incorporated into the um, LED weaponized streetlights. So we've got that aspect as well. They're not blue phosphor coated. There's a different. There's a number of different LEDs that you can you can uh, have to exhibit as white light. So what we'll see is white light. So you've got blue phos. You've got the blue phosphor coated. The phosphor can either be, um, you know, if it's a, if it's a yellow or an orange phosphor. The orange phosphor gives it a a, a creamier, a less aggressive <clears throat> light form. The uh, the the phosphor that we see normally is this very bright, you know, six, 7,000 Kelvin, extremely dangerous. So where you had streetlights, high pressure sodium at 2,200 Kelvin. Now what we see, we see these emitters, which are extremely toxic. They attract pollinators to them and actually just de decimate them. So this is this is an ecocide. So the, the lights themselves, 
the quite interesting thing is some of the lights where they're turning, uh, you know, particularly just this purpley, this dark uh, purple-blue type of mission. Now, that's pretty concerning. That would tell me that they fitted some expensive uh, LEDs in there that are red, green, and blue, which, which mixed together gives the illusion gives the brain the illusion of this uh, white light emission. Now that's... Oh, but they're saying the purple lights are just one big accident is what they've, their, their only excuse on any of the local reports. Well, guess what? Also, phosphorus is under the purple lights, luciferase. So they can actually tell who's vaxxed and who's not most likely just by being in any kind of close proximity to these purple lights. I would love to see some people that are vaxxed actually test that out. Now, I know people have taken those black lights and, and their veins light up. At least, well, I would imagine, I mean, I would imagine it would be permanent. But that's the luciferase that's in the COVID kill shots, phosphorescing. They've got this capability. They're doing this at some of the airports. They know they can tell who's vaccinated and who's not just from these lights. And they're from these special lights. And, and a lot of them are the purple ones. They, they can use them in airports and these types of things to phosphoresce your veins and if it lights up, they know that the only vaccine they put luciferase in, I believe, is the COVID kill shot. I mean, if it was all vaccines, then then they couldn't do that because most of the people are vaccinated. So I think it's only the COVID kill shot they're really concerned about. And this is why I've been screaming about it for so long, because it's so wicked and evil. Extremely problematic, because if I then offset the signals so we'll go pulse blue, red, green, we can then bring into an environment uh, an incapacitor, an LED incapacitor where I can cause uh, swelling in the brain, I can cause a fatal stroke. So they, these weapon systems, well developed, you know, um, around, the, around in the defence industry. So pretty interesting to me that we're seeing expensive deployment of a type of LED in a streetlight that's not necessary because what you would normally do, you would have a, a blue phosphor coated LED. Like I said, it would be, you know, coated with different phosphors to give a different type of uh, emission. The orange phosphor coated are the best, you know, where we've got a lower uh, amount of Kelvin. And you can tell that by looking at the, well, do not look at them, by the way. They're extremely dangerous. In fact, they're lethal. That category two optical radiation emitters, and the maximum I can expose a human to is 0.25 a second. I'll just say that again, 0.25 a second. Just so people, you know, this standard in these category two LED emitters, the maximum I can expose you to. Now, nobody's warned anybody in across the world. Nobody's warned anybody about either getting what we call point light source from these LEDs. Definitely don't look at them. If they're in the ceiling, they're not a significant problem. But if you actually get a point light source, then it's a serious problem to you. And that's okay. So he, the problem with this guy is that he tends to use a lot of technical language commingled with what he's talking about, and he's not realizing that everybody's not a five G expert or LED weapons platform expert. When he says point source, what he means is I can tell what he's doing with his fingers. He means that if it's in the ceiling, meaning okay, if it's in a light fixture the leds okay your standard led dirty lights it's not near as big as a problem now it's giving off dirty electricity it's still horrible it's blue light it's not good for you but if you look at them directly with no eye protection 
and let's say there's they're just in the ceiling and there's no cover there's there's no there's no buffering cover that's when you really get into the destruction of the eyes okay um, and this is why you don't want to look at the oncoming LED headlights okay um, because that is like blinding anyway those things I mean I don't see how that's even legal but then again you know none of this is should be legal at all you don't want to look at the street lights directly even if you have eye protection on even if I wear my really good sunglasses I don't I try not to look at the lights even through them it's just not a good thing to get in the habit of okay so um, this is what he's in reference to and, and God forbid if they're in your house or wherever you need to try to replace them with as many maybe you're in a situation where if you're living with your parents or someone else and maybe you can only control your own room well at least put incandescence in your own room and make sure you stock up for maybe the t day and times when you, you can't buy incandescence anymore hey if nothing else i can't imagine what they would be worth in barter in the future you know we're seeing uh, vehicles now traveling up and down motorways where you've got uh, oncoming vehicles where they're blasting these category two optical really emission emitters in the eye and that will lead to massive increases in ill health cancers we know optical radiation is a cancer-causing emitter. You know, the governments will, will tell you, well, governments will lie to you and they'll tell you that there's none of energy in this part of the spectrum that cause any biological harm. However, in the same breath, they tell you not to get too much sunlight on your skin because yeah. it causes skin cancer. So the same radiation, well, not the same part of the spectrum radiation, non-ionizing. However, man-made is something completely different it's man-made, it's not naturally occurring. We are symbiotic with natural occurring light emission, which is, can be pretty problematic, and that's how people do, over time, develop skin cancers and other issues. However, that's natural occurring, we're symbiotic with that. The stuff that's been emitted from the streetlights is highly toxic. It is pulse modulated. The pulse modulation causes a vibration and an oxidative stress, which increases cancer. In Barcelona, within less than three years, this this type of LED street furniture, the LED optical radiation emissions, increased breast and prostate cancer by three times. And that was in a very short period of time. And this radiation is accumulative over time. So over time, you get a buildup. And that buildup, we're going to see massive, massive ill health. And we're already seeing that. I spoke out about this as early as 2018 where well, my local council took me to court to try and gag me. The feeling the gagging because the judge said I was an expert in this particular feeling, not a conspiracy theorist at all. However, at that time, I didn't have the death rates. We now see massive increase in deaths. That is interconnected with the contaminants in the vaccines, yes. However, the main factor is the radiation emissions from the 5G network, the LED streetlights, these blue emitters, obviously there's SM102 that's in some of the vaccines. This then causes a reflection. So I would be able to walk down the street and you'll be able to tell whether people have actually been vaccinated and they've got the SM102, the luciferin. So there's lucifer rays exactly. where they will uh, 
be photobiological uh, emitters. So you'll, be, you'll actually be able to see them in the street exactly. if you expose them to that type. And we've seen that with It's people. the purple light, though. I don't know if he's aware of that, but that's that's how you're actually going to be. I mean, imagine if you had, um, all you'd have to do is send the cops to wherever the purple street lights were, and they could do checkpoints there. They'd have the light from right overhead. They could tell you right away if you were lying. Or, oh, yeah, I got my, here's my vaccine passport card I forged. This is what's happening in, in airports. In some of these Eastern Bloc countries, at least I know I know. I, I played the clip on it. The one guy, he said, I'm stranded in the country. I can't get out because I've already had two friends busted. And they either said, take the shot right now or you're going directly to jail. And only God knows what they would do to you in jail. And because they were like, oh, here's my, my vaccine power. They're like, this is fake. We can see you don't have it because we're scanning. We, we're, we're waving the light. The, the In fact, we even found the scanner that they were using, the, the, the light scanner. And we can see that your veins aren't lighting up from the luciferase, from the COVID kill shot. So you're lying. So you're either going to take the shot right now or you're going to go to jail. This is happening. And it's only, I would imagine, going to get worse. Using UV lamps where we see people where they're reflecting uh, yeah. the radiation back from... Yeah, the, well, really, it's the black lights that you're seeing. These cheap little black lights you can buy at some of the hardware stores. You can order them online. They're not expensive. You can just do the keychain ones if you want. Um, yeah. I think UV may work. I don't know if UV would work as well. I don't know. I, I would have to see a... a, a, a uh, I don't know, somebody doing videos on that. I wish there were more videos on this. It seems like you see the videos and then you don't see them for a long time. And it's like, okay, well, why aren't more people doing this? You know, it's not that, it's so simple. You don't have to have any advanced equipment to do this. Uh, you know, inside the, the veins, et cetera. One of the uh, murderous regime's most best kept secrets, I guess you could say, that is no longer a secret, that is now confirmed and pretty much everybody knows is that nanotechnology exists in the bioweapon injections that have been referred to as safe and effective vaccines and distributed billions of times across the face of the planet. Um, what is the full capabilities for this 5G technology and its communication with the people who have injected themselves? Well, we just had the, uh, the, the health secretary, uh, Matt Hancock, in a recent WhatsApp uh, uh, communication where he's actually admitted that he's actually injected people with these antennas. Now, obviously, we've already got the electron microscope image of those particular types of antennas. The contamination in the vaccines, the nanoparticulates we know from explosives, you know, uh, high energy explosives in 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 the battle space cause uh, uh, an emission of nanoparticulates. Those nanoparticulates are known to cause cancers. Those very, very similar materials have actually been injected into people uh, through the COVID-19 vaccines. We've got the list. We've got the electron microscope images. We've got the spectrum analysis of the of the contaminants in them. So basically, it's a biological chemical weapon. The interconnection with certain frequencies and certain types of antenna design, these graphite ferrous oxide antennas, some of them can be self-replicating. If they've got things like say, gadolinium, which we know they have, this has got a magnetic field, it's an mm -hmm. earth magnet, the nanoparticulates, and it can then bond these, uh, these particles together to create a larger antenna and get a larger reflection from the uh, from the uh, injection site. Okay, These so the, the question then is, is we 
we have widely reported ad nauseum that these injections are self-spreading. They're a contagious of sorts, that this viral shedding, uh, and viral is the wrong word because we don't believe this was ever a virus, but <laughs> viral in the sense of exponential uh, spread, the, the, the shedding that occurs here, giving people symptoms, things like that. Uh, Dr. Anna Mahelcha has reported that the majority of her uninjected patients are now showing that this nanotechnology exists in their blood. Just yesterday, we talked with Matt Taylor, who is an electrical engineer with imagery from Ecuador. We're going to hear that video. I didn't know that that was... We're going to hear that video later, hopefully if I can get to it today. Again, I don't know how many parts this is going to be, but yeah. How the vaxxed are horrifically affecting the unvaxxed. And this would apply to you all. If you're around vax people, I mean, you need to know what to do to protect yourself. That shows under a microscope <clears throat> these, that these uh, you know, self-assembling circuits will actually uh, dissipate when they're removed from certain electromagnetic frequencies. So with that being said, if, if that's the case, then that means that everybody is in danger of this 5G technology because they all have this in them. So that begs the question, if the elites, if the murderous regime knows this, Certainly, there's no way for them to escape the dangers that they are imposing on the rest of us. Isn't that true? I think it is true, yeah. And I think they have some mitigating ways to remove themselves from the environment so that they can be saved. However, I do not believe for one minute that that is what's going to happen. I do believe you have to tacitly agree to this. This is a spiritual war that we fight. It's not just the you know the physics of that's right. This situation, yeah. It's a ta it's it's about tacit agreement. Yeah. Exactly. So I'm pretty you know the 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 fact that people emit radiation once I inject a person with these nanoparticulates, they then become antennas themselves and start right. admit they're reflecting the radiation from the. That has their own unique alphanumeric code that can be scanned. With, with um, if you have the right program on your smartphone, you can scan and you'll see all the unique alphanumeric, I believe 12 digit codes. I've got into this before. Got a whole file on it, gigantic file, where you you will you will see all these, like go, you go to a public place and you're like, all of a sudden you, you get into this area and all of a sudden all these 12 digit alphanumeric codes start showing up on Bluetooth capable. Now, you can't get into the Bluetooth codes because it would require, I believe, special passwords, but they're all there. Then you leave this area and then they all disappear. You can go to graveyards. They're going doing this going to graveyards of the recently buried who were vaxxed. The codes pop up, even though they may be six feet under. They're popping up if they're in close enough proximity to the grave. I've reported on this. So this is all by design on purpose and one of the most you know this again this is how it's going to interact with the whole 5g grid the, the smartphone how you'll get updates of your own nanotech internally because you've gotten the kill shot the, the, your smartphone and the 5g base stations and the 5g towers can literally upgrade your 5g nanotech systems in your body and graphene oxide plays into that as well without you even being aware of it keep back out and this is what causes sickness to others who are in the environment of lots of people who've been vaccinated mm. with these nanoparticulates because they're just they're basically just uh, localized antennas and they reflect radiation back out and this is where the sicknesses come and what people i would suggest call shedding so the, the, the real quick because we're, we're running out of time here but it's your hypothesis that this is not necessarily meant as a mechanism for control 
but as a kill switch, a mechanism for murder. Yeah, this it's, is it's meant for both, really. For extermination, it's not for control. The the capability of the five G network and the capacitance in it, it only has one purpose. It's not to control; it's to kill. What can stop this? What what can what can stop this from happening? Well, the the five G network relies uh, heavily on the electrical grid. I'm pretty sure that the fact that they haven't carried out a great deal of engineering in relation to the deployment of this, we're going to see a large number of these mass burst into flames. They'll self ignite the grid they can then take the grid down if the grid goes down then all of a sudden they haven't got a weapon there available to them right for all of your research we really appreciate it we're going to follow up more on this with maria z and we'll be talking about this in the weeks months and years to come i'm certain if we are allowed to be here that long mark Steele, thank you for being here again today we appreciate you coming back thanks Jim. i mean i think you can agree that what the information we just heard um, starting even with the led lights in that it's really important stuff i have to warn my listeners about this as a watchman and um let's go further so we're going to switch gears a little bit here exclusive special report medical profession implements the who digital diagnosis code for the unvaxxed doctors will be incentivized by the government to start asking more questions about your vax status this was just from january 17th of this year this broke a set of international codes are being used by the medical industry for billing purposes under the Medicare, Medicaid, and private insurance companies, but it's just it's just not about billing. These codes are set as part of the International Classification of Disease or ICD system set forth by the United Nations World Health Organization, so we know it's wicked and evil, and they're about to get far more invasive. The system was originally created after World War II for the purpose of tracking the diagnosis of major diseases within a population. But over the years, there have been 11 major revisions. With each revision, the data being collected on each individual has become more precise and all-inclusive. More than 1.6 million clinical situations can now be coded according to the WHO website. And it has also become more coercive to the point where it's becoming impossible for doctors to get reimbursed by insurance companies if they don't upload all the requested data points. The ICD system really grew into the electronic data mining beast with the passage by Congress of the Affordable Care Act, Obamacare, in 2012. Since then, there's, there's literally been a numeric code created for almost any diagnosis you can think of and some you would never think of. Fast forward to April of 2022, when this is when the Federal Centers for Medicare and Medicaid announced a new code that anyone who is awake and aware of the growing medical tyranny should be concerned about. After some delays, the new code was rolled out October 20, October of 2022 and became part of nearly available to every medical clinic and hospital in January of 2023. So just, you know, basically a couple months ago. What is the new diagnosis code? It's code number Z28310. There is a link to the government uh, website for about that code if you want to know more. This is a code for a very particular peculiar diagnosis since it's not a diagnosis at all but an invasion of privacy and likely to be used against many people in the future this is the code your doctor will log into the computer system that is accessed by the government in private health insurers informing them of your covid vaccine status again it's code number z28.310 
Going further, I recently interviewed a fully licensed MD, a physician who practices in a Midwestern state and has full hospital privileges. This doctor's name will remain anonymous because if it were to get out, he could end up losing his job. On January 12th, he informed me that that code Z28.310 went live in his state. So this was just, again, a couple months ago, a little over. Uh, yesterday, January 11th, it showed up for the first time in any kind of hospital paperwork I'd seen, the doctor told me. If diagnostics aren't entered properly, a doctor may not get reimbursed. Now that this new code is officially required by the government and private insurance providers, doctors will now likely be incentivized to ask about your vaccine status, he said. This means they get financial payouts whenever the government decides there's a meaningful use of the data. I had no idea that doctors were being bought off this way. This system appears to be the way the military-industrial biomedical complex will identify and separate out those that have submitted submitted to their digital identification system, which starts with being up to date on your shots, endless shots. As the late Dr. Zev Zelenko and others have said, these continuous boosters will become a gateway to transhumanism, where you're not fully you, you're not fully human anymore. We learned a lot about that. The powers that be at the United Nations and the World Economic Forum have a need to know when it comes to those who reject this demonic transitioning of the human race, which the trans, transhumanists refer to as an upgrade to humanity 2.0. Next report along these lines. Uh, on February 8th of 2023, again, we we're looking at a couple, little over a couple months ago, while arguing on behalf of the fired New York City workers who declined the COVID vaccination, attorney John Bursch stated in open court that the unvaccinated teachers in New York City were flagged with problem codes in their personal files and that when that occurred their fingerprints are sent with that flag to the FBI and the New York criminal justice system. You can listen to Bursch's comments made at the 530 market. This audio, and I give you a link to that audio if you want to listen to it. The source of this information is Betsy Combier who wrote an affidavit uh, see the PDF posted at the link above, and I'll give you that link. In the Kane versus de Blasio case, where she stated unvaccinated teachers were given a, quote, problem code label that was then sent to the national databases at both, at both the FBI and the DOJ. In the federal court on February 8th, attorney Susan Paulson, who was defending New York City, stated that the educators fired for declining COVID vaccinations were not removed for misconduct but rather for not meeting a requirement for employment, which is they're not, they're not up on their, their COVID kill shots. They're not, you know, I don't know if you have to be fully vaccinated or partially, I don't know, but that was the requirement for, and then that gets you into the FBI and DOJ database if you're not. If there is no misconduct, why are the unvaccinated educators' fingerprints sent to the FBI? I believe that the unvaccinated New York City educators were being set up to be viewed as right-wing extremists or even terrorists. We know for many years, Dr. Peter Hotez has been promoting a narrative that those who are vaccine hesitant are an extremely dangerous group and that we need to look to Homeland Security and even NATO for suggestions on how to deal with such a threat. And here's the link. Part, watch part one and two, Dan Cohen's investigation of Peter Hotez, if you want to know more about that devil. Educators who declined the COVID vaccination, including myself, had every right to, to do so. No one is a terrorist or an extremist for holding the line on what does or does not go inside their bodies, especially injected directly into their muscle tissue. 
Next, next report, and again, this is these are all along the same lines. How they're how they're just trying to just herd and paint everyone into a corner, uh, into their new world order corner. Uh, clot shot coercion. In order to continue receiving universal basic income, which is what they want to do for the whole planet, get everybody on UBI, where they'll have an ultra-slave class and an ultra-rich class. The ultra-slave class will be their, or ultra-poor slave class. That will be, you know, the people that are totally under the control of the government, living off the government in every way. And that's what UBI is, universal basic income. In order to receiving, continue receiving universal basic income, or UBI, from the government, Brazilians on welfare must now show proof of their COVID vaccination. The newly selected Lula D. da Silva, who I'm sure is the puppet they installed there, Brazil's new socialist globalist leader, has decreed that the so-called Bolsa Family Familia program is being updated to only include those that who receive every vaccine pushed by the government, not just the COVID, every. He this da Silva, this Satanist da Silva said we can't play it's a question of science oh yeah yeah satanic science if i have 10 covid vaccines to take i will take all that is necessary yeah and this is coming from somebody who probably doesn't have any of them it was the rio times that first announced these changes to the bolsa program which is described as a social welfare welfare program for the poorest families of brazil well that that's they got you right where they want you you're totally dependent upon the government, and that's who they're going to start with, obviously. Um, this is a kind of universal basic income. In practice, the scheme has become a social credit system much like that that exists currently in communist China. From now on, all participants in the Bolsa Familia will need to show proof of injection in order to continue receiving cash payments. On a related note, Pope Francis loves the idea of a global UBI system as well and cites the benefits of globalization. Well, of course he does because he's of his father, the devil, and of his lust and of his works he will do. The announcement comes as central banks in Brazil and all around the world gear up to unleash their new central bank digital currencies or CBDCs, which we've warned so much about and did in the last couple teachings initiatives because it's all tied in with this which will do away with cash and coins. The money systems of the future, systems that are about to become the present, will require full obedience from the populace to every government, edict, mandate, and order, including mandatory vaccinations. This is how everyone in the world will be forced. Well, not everyone. I'm, I doesn't matter what they, you know. There's going to be a certain sect of people that, you know, it doesn't matter. You know, if I die, I die. I'm not, I'm not, I'm not going along with this, you know. Um, and you know what? God's bigger than this. Bottom line end of the day god is bigger than all of this okay so i want to always preface everything with that the lord said i am the lord the god of all flesh is there anything too hard for me no there's nothing too hard for god call upon me and i will answer thee and show thee great and mighty things which thou knowest not it was jeremiah 32 and 33 i believe quotes from that so i can do all things through christ which strengthen me Okay, and pray for God, you know, to make a way where there seems to be no way, to open the doors no man can shut, and shut the doors no man can open. And for God to hide you from the secret counsel of the wicked, like it says in Psalm 64, and to put on the full armor of God and confess your sins before the Lord daily and just try to you know stay in his word and you know what I mean? That these are these are some of the things you, you need to be doing to um uh, to stay close to the Lord Jesus Christ. 
You know, because if, if you immerse yourself in all this kind of stuff, which I do think we need to be educated in so we're not ignorant of Satan's devices, but at the same time, you don't want to get into that mindset where this is just total doom and gloom and this is all you're seeing. Um, going further, nearly every CBDC program currently in the works comes with expiration and use-by dates, meaning participants will need to spend their allotted cash within a certain time period or else it all goes away. There are also anti-hoarding features in most of them that further make it difficult for people to save their money rather than spend it on the government's desired timeline. Again, it's just trying to paint everybody into a corner. Thirdly, are the total information awareness mechanisms built into the CBDC. This is why I'm so against, I'm sorry, I'm so against the, the, the whole cashless system. I don't care if it's Bitcoin, I don't care if it's whatever, I'm against it because you have to have a cashless system or some system that's not based on something like like silver or gold or these types of things, a monetary. And I know we don't have that now. Of course, you could take silver and gold and, and transact if you if you knew the right people, obviously. Um, but we have to have a cashless system in order to get the mark of the beast because the mark, which is going to be in the right hand or the forehead, which is the way the King James puts it, it's going to be some type of implant. Now, there may be a tattoo that goes along with it as well to identify yourself. I think that that will probably be like a dual thing. I've gotten into this before, just key and mark, beast, and I've done whole studies on it. I'm speculating, but I, I think that it's going to be a combination thereof. Um, in order for that, you're not going to be able to buy, sell, or trade or whatever without it. Now, granted, if you were outside the system and you were bartering, yeah, you could, but in the main in the main system in the in the mark of the beast antichrist false prophet system yeah you won't be able to buy sell or whatever without it well it's got to be connected to your bank account and it's got to be cashless we know that it's got to be digital and that's why i'm so against these systems regardless of of if there are systems out there that some may think are good and or what it's still cashless it's still and i, I shouldn't even say cashless it's still not based on physical gold silver precious metals uh, and i understand you can say well we have fiat currency now meaning fake i get it but still at least you can hold it in your hand at least there's coinage you can hold in your hand you know you you get us on to that that digital stuff you can't tell me the government can't monitor all that and shut that down whenever they want to they'd have a lot harder time doing that if we stay with any kind of thing you could hold in your hand and transact whether it's a can of beans, whether it's a dollar bill, whether it's a piece of gold or whether it's a piece of silver. Now, I don't want to equate a dollar bill with that because it, it is printed out of nothing. But I'm saying you can hold it in your hand is the point. So th that's my whole thing on that. Um, Mark, okay, so let me read this last part again. Thirdly, there are the total information awareness mechanisms built into CBDC. Mark E. Jeffruck, Jeft, Jeftovic from the bomb thrower evidently publication describes these in the following way quote once it's digitized in a centralized database meaning central banks everything becomes known to central authorities instantly taxation can be applied per transaction but more interestingly prices can also be modified on the fly you can also be penalized on the fly you can also have your bank account cleared out on the fly if you're not in full compliance with all your vaccine mandates or whatever edicts the government says you're not complying with just like they do in china if you're behind on your property or income taxes or have unpaid 
finds, maybe because you're fighting it, for example, they could simply enable a rolling garnishing of your wallet until it's paid off, or probably worse. All right, going further. So U.S. military is now being tested for AIDS due to the COVID vax giving them AIDS. Yeah, I've told you, they put the portion of the, of the AIDS virus in these shots, and they've admitted to it right on BBC television. When these first shots broke out, we reported to you that even Australia was saying, oh, we had to pull this one shot back because they were giving it one week and then the next week they were showing a positive for AIDS because they put a little too much in that one, evidently. They're showing up a little too quick. They put three HIV proteins in these shots and gave the world vaccine-induced AIDS. The DOD database reports a 500% increase in HIV in 2021 Pfizer and Moderna were studied under mass spectrometry, spectrometry, which revealed luciferase was also a key component in both products. That's what lights up in your veins under the uh, under the scanning uh, purple lights. Uh, was a key component in both products, making it impossible for soldiers to fake their vaccine status. Exact same thing I was reporting on earlier. So let's go ahead and play this little video here. Okay, so Todd Callender, another person, another attorney that I play a lot of, him and Mark Steele are two of the ones that their information that they have come out with rings some of the most true regarding these kill shots and these weapons platforms and 5G and, I mean, amazing stuff. This is only a, like a two-minute, little over two-minute clip here. How is it possible that they stuck, they stuck three separate HIV proteins in these shots and effectively gave the world uh, vaccine-induced AIDS? If that happened, all the doctors will tell you that is so. So how is it possible that they've effectively killed half of the globe and they're still walking around free? Did you know, Todd, the military is starting to test the members of the military for yes, I do. AIDS? Yes, yeah. I do know that. They're testing the military for AIDS. Uh, are you are you and sickle cell too by the way and sickle cell as well because the the vaccines have also the, the right. propensity to change the shape of red blood cells and so right. now they're showing up with sickle cell with hiv with cancers that, that never existed before mm -hmm. um you know it was only in 2021 that we found there was an 1100 percent increase in in all cause morbidity mortality we don't know what those numbers are anymore because the dod changed them and fudged them and I was talking to one of our whistleblowers yesterday, funny enough, and I said, well, how can we track how many pilots are no longer flying because they can't? And, uh, and this person effectively said, we can't because now DMED is, uh, is worthless. It's not useful because the, the numbers are all made up. We don't even know how to track this now. Now that they're doing these blood tests and they're looking to see if members of the military who have been vaccinated have AIDS, vaccine-induced, uh, yes. vaccine-acquired immune deficiency, basically. That's are right. they all VADS is the abbreviation. So looking to see if, in fact, some of the members of the military even took the vaccine, because let's face it, there's people out there that'll for a hundred bucks, thousand bucks, whatever, you can walk into a CVS and sure. they'll they'll take your vaccine, squirt it into the trash can, and fill out the form and say, well, sure. they came in for their vaccine, didn't tell, I didn't have to tell you, I yes. put it in their arm, you know? Are they going to be able yes. to determine so they, that? They can tell. Yeah, yeah, they can. So um, we did mass spectrometry on both Pfizer and Moderna, and we found that each of them contained something called luciferase. Right. And in one of them, it's SM-102, and the other one is ALC-3015 as key ingredients. Luciferase is a bioluminescent uh, 
ingredient, for lack of a better word, that will, in fact, allow um, third-party onlookers to know whether or not you got the shot. And I've talked to people who showed up at the border with their fake vaccine cards and were turned away because the, the border inspectors knew they hadn't had the shots. They, they knew remotely. So the answer to your question... Well, they, they probably have cameras. Yeah, they, I forgot to mention that. Yeah, they've got cameras that can detect the luciferase running through your veins. They can detect it from afar. That's another way they can do it. Uh, they've got the lights. I believe those wanding lights. I believe that, you well, I mean, black lights can pick it up. Um, I believe the street lights will be used for that at one point. And they've also got cameras. I forgot about that. Yes, they'll know whether people got the shots or not. And those who stood up and said, I'm not getting the shots, are already getting processed out. Right. That's, right. It, that's right. what we're doing from day to day is trying to help those people. Right. Okay. Well, yeah. That's the, I guess that's the only illegal aliens they were now. Granted, a lot of them are coming over here and they're getting through the uh, the border checkpoints. I'm sure um, in going their merry way. All right, let's go further here. Thousands of Canadian children are dying suddenly. Fully vaxxed and boosted kids unexpectedly are dropping dead. Well, even though she was a girl, Presley Clara Rose Wilchuk loved to play football. Her team, the Regina Victorias, won the 2022 Prairie Girls Football League with Presley playing at defensive back. And at the team's award banquet, she was named the most improved player. That is the last award that she will receive because in mid-January, Presley died suddenly at just 13 years old. Jeremy Rindau loved to play youth hockey with his team in Quebec, but on January 3rd, he died suddenly at just 10 years old. Slade Smith was just seven years old when he died suddenly after a four-day illness. Ayla Grace Loseth was just nine years old when she developed flu-like symptoms, went into the hospital. She was discharged only to be sent home and die suddenly from what doctors say was a case of strep A. Danielle Mai Cabana also caught the flu along with her sisters. They're showing pictures of these little children in the background. Early November. Well, after her sisters got better, Danielle was still sick. She was taken to the ICU where her parents were informed that she had developed, guess what, myocarditis, Due to the flu, yeah. mm -hmm. doctors so common in children myocarditis. Oh, it has been since the kill shot, of course, but was unheard of before that. Needed to operate on her heart, but a few days later, she died of a massive stroke. She was yeah. just six years old. Eric Homersham was 13 when he collapsed and died abruptly at a school basketball tryout, and on and yeah. on. Millions of these types of death—not all children, but millions of these types of deaths worldwide. All suppressed, all put under the rug, or said, oh, these were natural... Or they're trying to normalize this, saying, oh, this is just normal, I guess, now. And on. All of these children dead suddenly in just the last few months. All of them are in Canada, a country far smaller than our own. There will be more of them dropping dead suddenly or inexplicably developing myocarditis as a side effect for diseases that never had that as a side effect before. Nope. Almost no media outlets are covering these deaths. The ones that do won't say what all of you suspect or know to be true. That perhaps all of them, all of these children are dying suddenly because of a shot that was forced onto them. A shot that they were told that they needed, even though it provided only fake protection against a fake virus that they were at zero risk from. There will be far, far more just like them when all is said and done. The question is, will any of the people responsible be held accountable? In Justin Trudeau's Canada, the odds aren't good. Odessa Orlowitz is a host with Liberty Talk Canada and a great friend of the show who joins us now. Odessa, thank you so much for coming. These kids are dropping dead, dying suddenly, just like we said that they would. 
Well, the timing is incredible that you guys asked me to come back. Uh, you guys were referring to the 23 kids that had died uh, that's been going around the internet. So the average is nine a year up here. The highest it's ever been is 13 in one year. Two months ago, Dr. Mackis was already reporting 23. I just spoke to him this morning. He's just put out his new Substack. It is now 96 deaths of kids and the average is nine and the highest 13. So 77 of those were sudden deaths. The rest, uh, 19, were uh, flu, and that includes uh, strep, meningitis, etc. But if you look at that, 19 were flu, the average is nine. So more than, you know, double the kids are dying now from the flu. And we looked it up, 80% um, of kids in Canada have two doses from, um, from 12 to 17, and from five to 11 years old is 44%. And you'll see from the 96 deaths that that average is re reflected perfectly, I hate to say the word perfectly, that the age range that has the two doses has the most deaths, but there's still kids who from five to 11, that's almost half the population, 41% did get two doses. And the provincial governments are now not showing any flu deaths, any kid deaths past 2020 on their sites anymore. So since the rollout of the vax, they've taken them down. You can't get that info. Let me ask you this. What are the official health agencies in Canada attributing these deaths to? They have to be trying to explain it away. Everyone needs the flu shot. But a lot of kids, I know in my, even in my kids' school, mine didn't, but they're going in and being told to get the COVID and flu shot at the same time, the booster or your second dose, whatever it is. So it's not the flu shot is not saving anybody. And in <laughs> fact... <clears throat> Now the experts have just released uh, a study, they say a study that people who are dying of myocarditis and pericarditis, it's because they got COVID and didn't have the vax. Mm, but just yesterday, I saw a release from an Israel study, a massive Israel study. It's on the NIH website. They did a study of 196,000 unvaccinated people in Israel, and none of them developed myocarditis or pericarditis, and everyone's had COVID. The only people that are developing myocarditis and pericarditis is the vaxxed population. So in other words, only if you're vaxxed are you suffering from myocarditis, but now our mainstream's coming out and saying, wow, it looks like it's better if you get the vax because less people are dying from myocarditis. They're lying. They're just lying. Well, yeah, of course, it's a murderous plot. It's a mass murder. It's a mass kill off. It's a genocidal level event. It's depopulation. It's sterility. It's infertility. It is spontaneous, unwanted abortions. It is little kids dropping dead. Uh, what I was asking, how is Canada, how is the government there? People have to know that 96 kids are dead, smashing every previous record. How are they explaining these deaths? What are they saying? Uh, why are these kids just dropping dead suddenly? How are they going to explain this away? Well, I thought about that. If they come after me or Dr. Mackis, if we were to ever go to court, 
It's there. These kids died. It'd be wonderful and if you had to go to court because then you get to depose the mass killers uh, that are behind all of this. Yeah, and that's why they never call. I mean, they would have. But what they're doing is they're on a shaming campaign of Dr. Macus. It's like, well, you can call him a Looney Tunes, but the facts are there. So he's like, okay, well, the facts are there. Explain them. And it's just silence. Um, so my husband and I were trying to look up, okay, heart deaths, heart-related deaths in kids. We can't even find them on Google. All the sudden death about kids start has happened in the last year. So Google wasn't even reporting heart attacks, heart failures in kids, which we all know the honest doctors like have come on your show is a lot of it's the spike protein is getting at the heart and that's why they just drop. And a lot of these ones again were kids dropping dead, playing soccer, playing hockey. It's during uh, exercise, not all of them. And then a lot of them died in their sleep. Kids just don't die in their sleep. Well, Kid again, this whole thing about 96 deaths, I mean, that's a fraction. And, and again, you, you're, she's only getting a very small fraction of the true deaths of the children there or elsewhere where this genocidal bioweapon has been implemented. Just don't die playing sports. None of this is normal. And all of the blue check marks on Twitter that try to explain this and call Odessa and myself and Chris Skye and Karen Kingston, conspiracy theorist, far right, shock jock, spreaders of mis and disinformation, they're going to try to explain all of this away. Dead kids. People are burying their kids in record smashing numbers <clears throat> and people with blue check marks are justifying all of it. Yep. A murderous regime of governments around the world have colluded together to kill your kids yep. and nobody has done a damn thing about it oh sorry i tried to pause it there um i didn't get to it in time anyway nobody i mean I, there's a lot of people fighting trying to fight i mean you know but uh next video calls to suspend the covid 19 vaccines in south africa because of safety concerns hits mainstream news calls for South Africa to scrap its COVID-19 vaccination drive. NGO Transformative Health Justice says an independent investigation must be concluded and its results shared with public with the public before calling on residents to roll up their sleeves. Their concern surrounds the potential side effects and deaths caused by vaccines. Transformative Health Justice CEO uh, Shabnam Mohammed and their legal aid advocate Sabelo Sbanda uh, join us now to unpack this just very quickly for us. Uh, Shabnam, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to just start with you. Uh, is your issue uh, the COVID-19 vaccine in general or is it the announcement made in December by the health uh, ministry that uh, five-year-olds to 11-year-olds would also now start being vaccinated? Thank you, Masego. So the Stop the Shots case against the backdrop of uh, in international investigations into safety and efficacy is essentially catalyzed by doctors in South Africa who are seeing serious adverse effects and have tried to report this to SAPRA and the Department of Health not to be heard since at least February last year. The uh, announcements you shared just now regarding 5 to 11-year-olds certainly gives this case urgency, as does the fact that we've discovered that under five-year-olds are being injected unlawfully. But the case is essentially based on what doctors and healthcare workers are seeing in terms of adverse effects. They're being ignored. We know our healthcare system is in a crisis. We know the electricity crisis adds uh, further challenges as to whether these injections are safe or not. And so what we're calling for is for independent joint investigations 
into safety, efficacy, and the necessity, in fact, of these really exorbitant products uh, that we, can, we, we cannot afford. And we're also asking the respondents in this case to declare their conflicts of interest as it relates to decision-making about the C-19 injections. Mm. So this um, investigation that you're talking about uh, on, in the South African context, is there proof that you can give that people have gotten <clears throat> ill, gravely ill, or have died from being vaccinated? Absolutely. So what we have is the uh, clinical evidence by doctors in South Africa and, of course, around the world, thousands and thousands of doctors speaking out. We also have data and statistics, not only collected by SAPRA, bearing in mind gross underreporting due to the challenges of our poor, for example, in reporting to SAPRA and DOH, but also independently collected by SAVERS, a civil society initiative to collect data, which is, of course, analyzed by international experts, and they're saying that we have a basis to take this matter to court and stop the shots pending investigation into various areas contained in Part B um, of our application. Mm. My colleague Sabella will speak to the precautionary principle, etc. But it's a, it's a, not a case we're bringing to court uh, on, a, on a flimsy basis. We're being ignored by SAPRA and by the Department of Health. We have no choice but to go to court to say, stop these injections pending investigation. Let's sit around the table and do what's in the best interest of our people. So clinical evidence, according to this uh, lady, of doctors not only in South Africa, but from around the, around the world, thousands and thousands of doctors, according to her. And again, I've reported on that before. And then clinical data showing that these are killing, that these are actually genocidal bioweapons. And being totally ignored by their their helping. I mean, can you imagine though if if this was being reported on your local, even your local news or 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 in the mainstream media outlets, stuff like this, things could change real quick. But um, it's just the suppression of the truth. And this is one of the broadcasts that just slipped through the cracks. I mean, I would be surprised if any of them had their jobs after this. Now, this goes on for uh, like to the nine minute mark. So if you want to hear more, but I, I, that was the main part I wanted you to hear. Here's another one. Um, <clears throat> German working group for COVID vaccine analysis, which includes over 60 scientists, doctors, lawyers, journalists, published their summary of preliminary findings on the toxic substances they are finding in the COVID-19 vaccine samples and the changes they are seeing in the blood samples taken from vaccinated individuals. The scientists frequently observed an unusually rapid disintegration of the different types of cells in the vaccinated blood. That was a quote from their research. And found concerning the Rolet formations of the red blood cells, specifically in the vaccinated samples. The Rolet is the stacking of the red blood cells that you'll typically see in uh, the live blood cell, cell analysis, which is what I was trained in when I was first licensed in Florida. Oh, I was trained in that, I guess, at the end of 93 into 94. I started doing it on patients in 94 in Florida at the clinic I was working at. It's amazing. Live blood cell analysis is just awesome stuff. And um, because of these issues, the working group is calling for all COVID-19 vaccine programs to end. In order to avert a imminent danger to human life and public safety, we ask that the COVID-19 vaccination programs be discontinued immediately. The group report stated the report has been sent to members of the lower house parliament of germany and is being investigated by scientists doctors and various disciplines you know i'm not going to expect a whole lot from it uh because of the satanic control mechanisms in place but again you can pray about it educate others keep fighting this wickedness uh 
Next report. Nanotech findings reveal terrifying findings in the global extermination agenda. A few months ago, we interviewed Israeli electrical engineer Dr. Shimon Yanovitz about signs of self-assembling nanostructures inside of these COVID-19 bioweapon injections being falsely referred to as safe and effective vaccines. Well, now Dr. Yanovitz says that upon further research, he's discovered even more contaminants and nanotech with inside the shots. He says he also has evidence that these materials can be transmitted to the unvaccinated via evaporation and condensation. He also has new findings related to vaccine hydrogel technology. We have a lot to cover, so we'll get right into it with Dr. Yanovitz, who joins us now. Sir, thank you so much for coming. We appreciate it. Thank you, Stu. Nice to see you again. I'm happy to be here. Yeah, of course. So I think most importantly, let's talk about the way that this is transmitted to the unvaccinated people like myself who have decided, no, 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 we're not going to get this. You're saying inevitably that we are. Is that right? Of course. <clears throat> well, we. I think we've all known that people shed something. Um, everybody who's unjabbed has been feeling that. We couldn't pinpoint exactly what the mechanism is for this shedding. So now I think I know what it is. And what is it? Well, uh, we have evidence from a scientific paper coming from Thailand. Um, there was an incident there. A nurse dropped a vial. Um, the vial dropped on the floor, snapped. The material from it spilled on the floor. They wiped it off and they put the paper towel or something in the dustbin. And then 15 people got infected with uh, um, ocular erosion that's eye damage and burns to their skin and so on. So we know that the material is volatile and it evaporates and it burns skin and eyes. And um, that's the paper. Now, what I've been doing at my end on the microscope, um, I think last time, Sue, you asked me, uh, did I, I, I told you I was unwell. You asked me, did I get infected by just looking at this material? And um, I couldn't get, give you a good answer. Now I can. So it doesn't, you know, transmit through the um the lenses of the microscope but the fact that you know i'm looking at the binoculars of the microscope and my head is so close to the sample and i was not using a cover slip this time so the sample was not covered and then hours later i get eye irritation further suggest that this is volatile and the fumes are toxic so the fumes are toxic and it's a volatile chemical of course hydrogel technology uh, the use of pegylated lipid nanoparticles, which is a documented weapon of biowarfare. Uh, these things we, we know to be true. How is it going from me, a person, or a, a person who is vaccinated, to me, a person who's not? Once it's inside of their body, how is that happening? Well, um, suppose uh, one is jabbed and his body contains a volatile uh, material, um, you know, if one drinks alcohol, you can smell that out of them, right? Because it's volatile through their body. It, it evaporates. This thing too, presumably. So people exhaling on you who are jabbed are basically transferring some material that con can condensate on you and start creating these new structures. 
Well, we do a lot of warning on this program about all of the dangers that the elites uh, and the global, you know, uh, murderous cabal have set up for us. What about a possible solution to any of this? Do you have any idea how one would protect themselves against this kind of viral shedding? Well, it's not viral shedding. It's just uh, chemical shedding, uh, toxic shedding. And um, no, I don't. Um, you know, beside, besides the fact that uh, one should isolate oneself uh, from jabbed people as much as possible, and it's not always uh, possible. So, um, uh, yeah, I think, you know, people who are jabbed uh, should be isolated, uh, maybe. But that's not practical, is it? Well, I don't know so, about that. Sure, why not? Uh, yeah. Uh, you know, they... They wanted to isolate us, the unjabbed, because they said we are dangerous. So the the fact is quite the opposite. The people who are jabbed are endangering the rest of us. Absolutely. Uh, and, um, and I'm going to be doing a whole section at the end here. Now, remember, I don't know how many parts this is going to take me to get through. I'm hoping I can get through it in three, maybe. But... um. I'm going to be doing a whole section. I'm trying to catch up from like the last three months of COVID material that's been kind of building. I don't, I don't even have all of it in here. But I really, the reports I'm including tonight were really the most, I felt most important ones I I communicated to my, to my audience. Uh, I think for obvious reasons, you're seeing why. I'm not, you know, there are, could be other ways of um, uh, spreading this thing like a, aerosol um, sprayed from the skies but I think that um, uh, people uh, who are jabbed are uh, in fact endangering other people yeah uh, this has always been the case dr. David Martin was on this program one of the most viewed segments that this show has ever done where he made the claim people who have been injected inoculated with this bioweapon have now become mini bioweapons factories right they are producing and emitting and transferring the toxicity of the chemicals that are involved with these shots. You're now confirming that. I want to ask you. Since I, I disagree slightly with uh, with all respect to Dr. David Martin. Uh, I don't see any evidence of people being a factory producing the spike protein or whatever it's called, the toxin. Um, I see all evidence that the toxin is already present in the vials themselves and it is injected into people and this is how it gets to their body. Have you looked at blood under a microscope of both an unvaccinated and vaccinated person? Yes. And are you and seeing the damaged blood in the unvaccinated people who have been exposed to the people who have been inoculated with this bioweapon? Now, I have a whole file on covid vaxxed blood findings and again i've reported on this specific thing mostly all live blood cell analysis it's the best way to look at blood by far um there's a lot you can see and do and, and it's it's real it's live it's you know you can see the stuff moving around in the case of the nanotechnology if you wait long enough you do time lapse you can see self-replication you can see these things building themselves um which shows that the 5g network is instructing the building and then when you they the one guy in um central america was doing that and then he put a faraday cage over 
I believe the live blood cell he was looking at and all the construction of the nanotech stopped. So the 5G is literally constructing, it's sending instructions just like I said it, it would. Uh, and now it could be from your smartphone, 5G base stations, 5G towers. Could be from the LED streetlights. They're, they're connected with 5G. Who knows, it could be going through the smart lights too. They probably got a lot of redundancies built in that will instruct the nanotech that they're seeing even in the unvaxxed blood because of the shedding, they're shedding nanotech, they're shedding spike proteins, um, these types of things. And um, when you take the 5G component out, it will stop the replication at least of the nanotech that they're seeing. Now, I don't know how it will, uh, and I doubt that the blood's just going to appear perfect, obviously, but it's a it's a gigantic component of it. And that's why Mark Steele had said if, if, the, if the grid were to go down, meaning the 5G... I mean, a gigantic portion of what is going on inside of the bodies of the vaxxed and the unvaxxed would would stop. It would stop. That by itself would probably mitigate a huge portion of the kill shots um, genocidal component. Let's go further. Um I um, I have looked at the blood of unjab people, my own, and I found that it is full of uh, nanostructures. Yeah. You know the structures that uh, self-assemble from the nanotechnology. I also did um, one. Now some of this could be from the chemtrails. Some of it could be from, you know, foods. Uh, some of it could be from the water, or maybe all of it's from being around the shedded people on the kill shot. I but I think that there's other components that could contribute to that very interesting session with dr zandre bota from south africa yes it was great. a zoom and uh, at the time i didn't have vial she did um she put a tiny bit of the matter together with her own blood on the microscope slide and voila her red blood cells under as seen under the microscope began to become very ill within a minute or two. Wow. Uh, obviously, there was no mRNA translated into spike protein. It must have been directly from the vial. Yeah. So this is how dangerous it is to be around the vaccinated, to be breathing their airspace, to be maybe touching things they've touched, to, to have them maybe touch you, or uh, it's, it's, it is dangerous. Have you seen more of these nanostructures, these self-assembling anomalies appearing inside of the vials as you've been investigating? It, it doesn't appear, they don't appear inside the vials, but once we take them out and we put them on the microscope slide, or I put them, uh, we can see that uh, self-assembly starts to happen and all these nanostructures start growing and uh, my colleagues, uh, Dr. David Nixon from Australia and uh, Dr. Anna Mihalcia from, from the US, um, they've, and um, some colleagues from Australia. So I'm gonna break in here real quick. Taylor just uh, got home and she was just saying that she was interacting uh, with my listeners, the, the people that have donated off the, the website. And um, she was just saying, that how incredibly sweet and loving and nice my listeners are and that she's just been such a pleasure uh and humbling experience interacting with them and um she just she wanted me to 
just kind of let everybody you know know that. Okay, so back to the report. Australia, they've been testing unjabbed people, and I think the findings is about eighty or eighty-five percent of the people who are unjabbed have these structures in their blood. So how did they get there? Yeah. We're going to get more confirmation on that later on, that the unvaxxed are. Now listen, there's no way I believe you can compare uh, getting the COVID kill shot and several derivations of it, several versions of it, to not getting it and just being around somebody. There's no way I would even ever try to remotely equate the two because it's a different deal altogether. But fact remains is that if you're around the unvaxxed, your or if you're around the COVID vaxxed, your blood is being affected. I mean, they've got the live blood cells to prove it. I've heard this from multiple different doctors doing live blood cells from different parts of the world. You are being affected. So it's imperative. I mean, you don't have to, but it is imperative to take steps to protect yourself from this. And I'm going to get into some of those protective steps at the end here. Of, of what, not everything, but specifically some things you can do regarding that. Responsible for this, forthwith, should be indicted, tried, and fried. There is just Absolutely. no question about yeah. it. Our government is killing... Mass executions, mass, is, is the remedy for this. I mean, from a righteous standpoint, these people have forfeited their right to live that are doing this they're they're serial killers they're murderers just like trump is because he's the one that brought us the big beautiful shot operation warp speed and they should be executed in mass uh, as they have shown no mercy so shall they obtain no mercy they're sociopaths they have no conscience their conscience has been seared with a hot iron and i pray god rain down his fury on these devils why that all men would see and fear and declare the work of god that they would wisely consider of god's doing and the righteous would be glad in the lord and trust in him and all the upright in heart would glory according to psalm 64 and that the lord's name be glorified and that great fear would fall upon humanity and many would get saved as like they did in the book of acts when ananias and sapphira were judged that would be why i would pray not because i want to get it exact my revenge i'm saying biblical reasons for god's judgment to happen when god judges wickedness good things always happen and we need god's righteous judgment now more than ever it's openly governments around the world are openly murdering millions and millions of people self-assembling nanostructures inside of the bodies of those that chose not to be inoculated with this bioweapon uh this is the most i mean this alone could explain why why people are are having so many more health problems just even if even they never even got vaccinated all you have to do is be around these people i know i've struggled with more things in the last year or so in particular than i ever have in my life and who knows how much of it's just from this and i'm not even around people that much but just the the, the brief time i am though might be you know enough you know to do that so it's it's hard to say egregious kill-off uh that humanity has ever seen uh, so for you, you, you you've got to give them credit they came up with um you know, a very sophisticated and advanced technology. Uh, such a technology that they have, in fact, conceived of uh, years earlier. There's a document of John... It's a fallen angelic technology. It's fallen angelic. 
is where they're getting this. I mean, whether they want to say it's from the whatever aliens or, or I, I, I truly do believe that just like when the Book of Enoch outlines when the fallen angels came down that they taught man all these different technologies. Um, this is along the same lines, I believe in order to defile man to his maximum so that he's not fully man anymore. Humanity, transhumanism 2.0, and Jesus didn't come back to save transhumanists. He didn't come back to save cyborgs, part machine, part human, who have had their DNA overwritten. Now, I'm not saying you can't be saved if you've had the kill shot. All I'm saying is it's not something I'd want to mess with. It's sure not going to help things regarding people coming to Christ. University on how they want to develop what they call self-spreading vaccines. That's right. So it doesn't matter if you're jabbed or not. They want you um, inoculated, in quotes. So they want these things in you, whether you chose to be jabbed or not, Stu. Yeah. But I, I still believe it's a total, total other level if you're getting the shot as opposed to just being around somebody that got it. I think it's connected to the 5G towers by any chance, Dr. Yanovitz? Uh, absolutely. So what uh, what we found um, um, again, people who've been on your show, my colleague <clears throat> Matt Taylor and uh, Dr. David Nixon and I, uh, we found that when we apply some electromagnetic radiation, even by using a simple smartphone, just having it in proximity to the microscope, yep. we see the sample start being very very active and much more volatile and active and structured. The sample being active and volatile when you get a smart phone, just a smartphone, near the live blood cell analysis in the microscope. If you couldn't understand what he's saying, that's what he meant. So your smartphones are activating all this horrible 5G, uh, all this horrible nanotech that's in you, even if you're unvaxxed, and, and only God, knows what, God only knows what else might be in you from being around the vaxxed. And the smartphone is an integral part of activating that whole thing. That maybe took two weeks or months uh, to assemble, start assembling within 10 minutes. Or okay, so in, in other words, if it, it would normally take two weeks under a microscope to assemble um, just sitting there in a live blood cell analysis on the slide, well, it could accomplish in 10 minutes what it would take normally two weeks if a smartphone wasn't present. That's how big of an impact a smartphone can have on what's happening in your blood. 20 minutes or 10 hours. So we have no doubt that electromagnetic radiation, and it could be 4G. 5G is more dangerous because it's a more directed weapon. For the first time, they have the capability of sending very narrow beams with a 5G um, phased, active phased array mm. antenna. This is the technological term uh, but 4g could do it also and it promotes the um, self-assembly and according to findings of matt taylor and um, david nixon that there is also disassembly so if they want to um, eliminate some evidence of things that developed in our body uh, apparently they can do that so there is a assemble command if you will yeah, they're showing pictures of the live blood cell. I mean, we're talking perfectly 90-degree rectangular structures with circuitry in it in your blood. And this is one of the many I've seen from different doctors all over the world. I mean, these are not normal. 
things with 90 degree angles don't naturally typically naturally occur in nature or in your bloodstream okay it's, it's biocircuitry nanocircuitry in your blood and disassemble or d dissolve command as well so they can take things out by moving away from those electromagnetic frequencies yeah <clears throat> Or just stopping the transmission. Probably just being in a Faraday cage for a lot of people, you know, for like a day or two would, would deactivate and maybe, you know, I don't know if it would destroy. I don't know if like you got back into the 5G, if it would just start up where it left off. I don't know. I mean, the body has detox processes and, and maybe that would kick in. I don't know. Or taking the beam away from you. The way to stop the transmission altogether is by any means necessary, take down these 5G towers. Uh, take them down immediately, by any means necessary. This is the destruction, the flip of a switch. Uh, who knows what they're capable of? They could nuke everybody who's been exposed to this thing. Uh, they can control... They're kill towers. They, they, they can crank them up at any time they want, and, and supposedly they, you can take out a whole swath of population with these things. They pump enough wattage through them. Now, I do believe that we get into the situation of, you know, they're going to have to get permission from the Lord, I mean, in order to, to commit full-on, instantaneous mass genocide, and I don't believe he's going to permit that. But, again, the people that lined up and rolled up their sleeves, it's like having a vampire at your front door, you got to invite them in. So this is this is the whole concept of why they believe the game is square because these people lined up for the but we didn't line up the unvaccinated didn't line up but we, yet we're still being affected. Your mind, your thoughts, your dreams, your memory, your actions. We have an entire military, by the way, that has been injected with this bio weapon. Imagine having that kind of control at your disposal, and the people who have it at their disposal are the most evil and vile demonic creatures mm -hmm. to ever walk the face of the planet. Uh, for your research, we really appreciate it, Dr. Shmoyanovitz. Thank you for being here. Thank you so Okay, so we have that video. Um, you can see, you know, really super important stuff. Another one confirmed. Graphene oxide found in the shots. Pfizer sued for $3 trillion over safe and over their safe and effective lies. So attorney Robert Barnes is pursuing a $3 trillion lawsuit against Pfizer for false claims stemming from their COVID-19 bioweapon injections. Not vaccines. Very important to note. Exactly. These are not vaccines. Do not refer to them as vaccines. These are bioweapon injections. Our own recurring guest and great friend, Karen Kingston, says that that lawsuit has a good shot despite that sky-high damages amount. And Karen says Barnes will be able to pin Pfizer to the wall with their own failed claims of producing a safe and effective vaccine. Because, again, it's not kids. It's a bioweapon injection. Karen says that she can also prove herself that there's graphene oxide inside of Pfizer's bioweapon injections. Karen joins us now. Karen, thanks so much for coming. Thanks for having me, Stu. It's great to be here. Yeah, I just uh, want to yeah. say right off the top. Uh, this we, is a lady that worked at Pfizer. I mean, she did. I mean, at, at one point. First, to report the La Quinta Columna findings. We were right when we reported the La Quinta Columna findings. Graphene oxide is absolutely in Pfizer's bioweapon shots. I have some questions about that as we get later into our conversation here, but you were one of the first to say that there was graphene oxide in these shots. I know personally publications that steered themselves away from you and doubted you wouldn't publish your findings. We went right after it, and now guess what? Vindication. Yep. yep. There's graphene oxide, and they're manufactured in China. So we'll get to that later. But 
I have been following, I, I, you know, I speak to Brooke Jackson, uh, you know, uh, pretty regularly, and I've been following her case, you know, and we, we were talking about when they, uh, the original attorney filed it, they filed it under the emergency use authorization laws. I'm like, that's, the, you know, don't do that. That's the craziest thing to do. Pfizer has a contract. The contract, Pfizer forfeits their EUA laws. They say they're going to deliver a safe and effective vaccine. And in fact, you know, the FDA and Pfizer worked together, ignored the laws, and they delivered a harmful biological agent, which, according to 18 U.S.C. 175, is a bioweapon. And it looks like Robert Barnes, you know, really drove home a lot of the points that I've made on your show and that I made in my, my recent substack that was originally published in January, the $3 trillion substack. Um, so speaking of the dollar amount, I mean, the dollar amount, Pfizer's made about $250 billion, and normally a whistleblower would make three times that, so $750 billion, which is still a ton of money, $3 trillion. But... I think the largest payout uh, for a, a whistleblower case was $4 billion uh, with an Aratan case, and, and that was doing $2 billion in sales. So I think he's got a good chance of winning. I think the judge could, is going to reduce the, the amount that's paid. Um, <clears throat> what's important, though, is to really f- drive home that this is not a vaccine, because even under uh, the vaccine, uh, the Food and Drug Consumer Protection Act and the vaccine injury law, uh, it, it clearly states it's under Section 3, 300 AA-22. Uh, that section C, it says no vaccine manufacturer shall be liable in a civil action for damages arising from a vaccine-related injury or death associated with administration of a vaccine after October 1988 solely due to the manufacturer's failure to provide direct warnings to the injured party um, of the potential dangers resulting in the administration of the vaccine, including injury and death. So really, the vaccine law and the EUA laws um, as long as you're following FDA law, um, you know, you can get away with murder and you can even get away with fraud uh, unless that fraud was part of a bigger crime. And that bigger crime is is the bioweapon. So uh, I hope the attorneys keep reading my substack. Um, and if they need any advice, I've, I've read probably more documents than than a lot of the experts and attorneys are, are reading as you, or looking at, as you know. So. I have said privately to several people, Karen Kingston can accomplish more research and fact-finding in just days or weeks on her own than what teams of multiple experts, biotech analysts, can accomplish in months or even years. So, I mean, you've been an absolute tremendous asset, plus the work that you're doing down in Collier County and Lee County and Charlotte County and all over the place. We're not going to mention the other places because we don't want to thwart those efforts. Uh, It's just absolutely fantastic. And now these people are deeming them to be bioweapons based on the inarguable factual evidence that's put before them. Yes, it's a bioweapon. The pegylated lipid nanoparticle is a weapon of biowarfare. It's used across the board in all of these shots. And the graphene oxide, which is what I want to get to now, do you think that somehow, some way, I mean, obviously graphene oxide is poisonous, so no person should be consuming it, much less having it injected directly into them, among all of the other things that are inside of these demonic vials. But do you think that this is also somehow connected to 5G? Oh, yeah, it absolutely is. So the, um, the process of, of having the pegylated lipid nanoparticles, which actually are spike proteins, I mean, they just keep inter- changing words in and out, um, is to create the electromagnetic field that can, that can interact um, with external devices. I, I, I haven't shared, I've only shared a, 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 the tip of the iceberg of what I've read. I mean, the patents I've I, mean, gone... I don't know how many confirmations we've heard from different people over the fact that the, the shots are in the nanocircuitry that's self-assembling inside these kill shots are interacting with the smartphones of the 5G network 
And again, you've got your 12-digit alphanumeric code that will be assigned. You have your own unique 12-digit 12, 12 alphanumeric, meaning it's part number, part letter, code that you can find um, in on, on your smartphone with the right Bluetooth um, finding apps. And I've, I've even went over what apps you need to download in order to, to find that. If you want to go on it in public and then you'll see all these things start popping up on your phone and it's the people. It are literally people with their own codes interacting with these whole 5G network. Clearly, there's one that clearly goes through how they use a smartphone as an external communication device uh, with the pegylated lipid nanoparticles or spike proteins within the human body. That are and inside that's, that's the human that's... body, yes. And we've, yeah. we've seen yeah. uh, video evidence of this. Matt Taylor, who brought the microscopic imagery of these things actually moving and assembling together when they're introduced to a router or a cell phone or some other you know, frequency, and then they disassemble and they go away and they reduce in size when they're moved away from that frequency. Yeah, and it's, I mean... If I look at, again, if I look at Matt's research and some of the images, just like I did with Dr. Carrie Madej, Dr. Uh, Bothra, I, I, I will be able to match it up to the images, the CAD files or 2D sketches that I saw in the patent. So uh, this is absolutely, uh, the, the purpose of it is to create an electromagnetic field that connects humans uh, to, to outside um outside electro um, devices, electronic devices and the internet, which is what I said on your show on July, on July 28th, 2021, and everyone thought I was insane, especially when I said, I'm as confident that there's graphene oxide in the shots. I, I didn't, <laughs> I was reporting on that as well, that this was part of the, of the whole, I, I've got a whole file on that specific subject as well. About any subject you're talking about with the COVID kill shot, I probably got a separate file on it that I've been compiling since and even before probably the kill shot was even introduced on, on some occasions uh, as far as the tech tech that was going into these in, in gravity and i've got the document to prove it no one believed me because they said well karen you don't have a pfizer document to we prove think gravity it. is fake use a different example <laughs> gravity is fake. yeah well and reuters called pfizer and said is graphene oxide in your injections and they said no and then they said i was the liar well pfizer lied people died there's graphene oxide in the shots. And, um, so, it's, and it's manufactured in China. Yeah, it's manufactured in China. They, well, some of it's manufactured in the U.S., but Sinobiological is one of their biggest manufacturers in the Pfizer document. Uh, I also found 15 manufacturers on the FDA website that manufacture ALC0, it's either 0159 or 0135. But anyway, so Pfizer did a data dump of 80,000 um, pages, and uh, it, it's not sorted. I was I was I was actually sorting for something related to another topic I was going to discuss on your show, and uh, or searching for it, and I came across. It honestly was by luck. This document called "Structural and Biophysical Characterization of SARS-CoV-2 Spike Glycoprotein P2S as a Vaccine Antigen," and it explains how they make um, the spike protein which isn't mRNA synthesized in the human body. It's created in a lab the same way Barney Graham, Andy Ward, and Jason McClellan made theirs and got, got the $400 million payout. Um, so what they do is they order the mRNA sequences the, the, you know, from Sinobiological, which is a uh, Chinese-based company. And, and if you go to Sinobiological's website, they have 280 variants of SARS-CoV-2 available right now. They even have the XB.1.15 that Jimmy Fallon 
wrote the song about. That's the top ordered one right now to create uh, spike proteins and to create, um, it's not just for the vaccines, it's to create these variants. But if you go into this document and you read about how they make the spike protein, they order these sequences from Cinebiological. Just oh, like- it's also showing the aborted baby kidney cells, the HEK293 cells in, in the production of quite a few of them as well. Oh, the other ones are insect cells. So either aborted babies or insect cells is how they're culturing these vaccines off of. So that's comforting. Marty Graham did and Jason McClellan and Ralph Barrick. They infect, unfortunately, human embryonic kidney cells in the lab. Uh, so these are aborted uh, babies and their kidney cells and they, they, yep. they transfect them with these sequences. Then those sequences give off these toxins that we're calling, you know, I guess pre-spike proteins, uh, you know, or a virus, if you will. Then what they do, I'm going to read this uh, pretty much verbatim, is they, um, that toxin is called the P2S. So Barney Graham called it the S2P, and Pfizer's like, no, we made our own. It's called the P2S with the the two proteins insertion. and they basically have four milliliters of the protein and they apply gold quantifoil mesh grids overlaid with graphene oxide. And then they freeze it uh, using a cryo method uh, called, I think it's called eth- uh, ethylene uh, liquid. So you're like, that's not evidence that there's graphene oxide. Uh, y- yes, it is. The, the, the quantum foil, when they, when, they took, when they pour the protein layer liquid, over this this gold quantifoil and graphene oxide, it's inevitable for the graphene oxide to bind then to the spike proteins, which is what happens. And uh, that's been well documented in uh, a number of documents. There, there's one here that was just written in, in 2023 called New Support Films for Cryo-Electron Microscopy. And it says, although graphene-based support films, which is what this is for the uh, quantifoil, um, have proven uh, to be a valuable approach to overcome um, adsorption of particles to the air-water interface, binding of the sample is uncontrolled. So the graphene oxide binds then to the spike proteins. And in this Pfizer document, four milliliters of the protein solution binds to the graphene oxide, binds to the gold. That makes the gold graphene oxide lipid nanoparticles. You can find dozens of studies using these types of agents. They get about one million of them, and then they filter them out, and they get three different versions. Um, one of which is that pre-confirmation, that triangular spike protein. Another one is a slightly elongated one, and then they have a third one. Um, so that's the evidence, and it even states here that the um, uh, that the particles are are measured using electron fields, so they measure their electroconductivity for the purposes of conducting electromagnetic fields. Which ultimately will be used to control you, to monitor you, to control your dreams, to control your actions. I've got 30 seconds, Karen. Please uh, try to wrap it up. I know that we've got so much to cover. Um, At the end of the day, no one signed up for this. Uh, No one signed up to be injected with uh, electromagnetic nanotechnology. Uh, we were lied. To, to, we were told mRNA vaccines contain contain lipids. They don't. They contain uh, nanotech, and the nanotech is meant to create hybridization cells within the human body uh, to create non-human structures uh, and to attack transhumanism. Overwrite your DNA. You're not fully human anymore. Um, the central nervous system and go across the blood-brain barrier uh, mm-hmm. to basically make us give up our free will. I mean, it's right here. Right. Nuremberg 2.0 forthwith. And when they're found guilty, these people absolutely need to be put 
to death. These are crimes against humanity. And I'm so happy to see that this accountability is coming and it's starting right here in the United States of America. I'll believe that when I see it. I, I pray the accountability comes from heaven above, from God, the whole judgment of God, which is what we talked about. Uh, earlier okay so let's go further okay so I'm gonna try to squeeze this last video into part two and then go to part three but this is Todd calendar again the attorney let's see if we can get this in here around this being lawyers um, and there oh. actually is and this is entitled are the vaccinated the vaccinated are no longer human question marks the any um, along comes a case in 2013 however that relates to um, intellectual property rights as it relates to synthetic DNA um, in particular, it's a, it's a myriad genetics case, and I don't know if you've seen it, um, but I can cite it exactly if you prefer. And it is called the Association for Molecular Pathology versus Myriad Genetics. So and what's it about? So this is about um, the intellectual property rights developed by the use of mRNA in particular. Okay. And what happens to the synthetic, synthetic genome as a result of that? This is an argument over intellectual property rights in the new genome that they create from genetic therapy, genetic modification. Right. And presumably they're talking about lab animals that they're going to modify their genes. Okay. So yeah, initially they're talking about lab animals, but now we're the lab animal. Okay. And the full title of this video that i added some extra in the vaccinated are no longer fully human question mark how do you apply intellectual property rights to a human well you get them to volunteer to take something that is their product that you're injecting into your arm that becomes part of you that modifies your dna that is patented and now they own you from an intellectual property right because you have their patented product inside you from an attorney type legal standpoint. I've got, again, I've got a whole file on this as well. I've reported on this many times in the past. You create messenger RNA technology to alter their DNA. That's how you apply internet inter, intellectual property rights to a human. And he's gonna, this attorney is gonna tell you how that's done right now. That's right, in this particular case, mice. Um, it, it, it wanders into a variety of things, and I guess that's the point. Is that uh, they look at this as whether it's a human or mice or anything else, it's almost irrelevant. Um, there are humanized mice. Right? They use them in, in labs all the time to test new drugs. So um, we're, chimeras already exist, and they don't differentiate a genome to them as a genome. What did the courts rule? This is a, and this is a U.S. Supreme Court decision already. That's right. This is what we call good law, meaning it's already happened. There is no higher court. This is the decision of the court. The only thing that can happen as a result of this is people follow it as law. Or if the legislature doesn't like it, then, then the legislature theoretically has the power to change it. And they do on occasion. So in this particular case, the holding is what really bothers. Me. It's on page six, about halfway down on the sentence begins with it is also. So it states, it is also possible to create DNA synthetically through the process similarly well known in the field of genetics. One such method begins with an mRNA molecule and uses the natural bonding properties of nucleotides to create a new synthetic DNA molecule. And, and that's it. So you, you can't, in the, in the world of intellectual property, you, you cannot um, patent something that already exists in nature. If you change that, however, into something synthetic that new genome is in fact patentable you well it's a big reason why they make drugs the way they do um for instance white willow bark is where they derive acetylsalicylic acid which is aspirin 
okay? Once they derived it into a synthetic version, it always has side effects. And I mean, I could do a whole study just on the side effects aspirin has. And I don't, I don't mean taking one once in a while. I'm talking about if you're taking this stuff every day or NSAIDs, ibuprofen, this type of stuff. Um, they patent it. They can make a ton of money off it. They can say we're the only ones that can make it. And um, unlike the way it naturally occurs in nature where you'll have minimal side effects, the drug version always has tons and they can make way more money and then they can patent it. You are creating chattel property, intellectual property rights in that new genome, and that's what this case holds. Now, this is the same kind of thing we're doing uh, with the vaccines, because they are mRNA vaccines, both the Pfizer and Moderna. And so if you can explain, what is that, and is that actually creating sort of a new genome within us, within people who take the vaccine? So not sort of, it, it does. So the Supreme Court case says it. if you use messenger RNA to create a synthetic genome, that new genome is your intellectual property rights. That's that's the holding of the case. Right. Um, so the, I've heard people say, well, maybe it's just the synthetic DNA in that new genome that is um, you know, the intellectual property rights. How does one separate that? If these shots, which we now know, go throughout your entire body, they're not stuck in your arm, they go everywhere. And if they're genetically modifying billions of your cells, that's the plan. Well, then how does one separate billions of cells from the other billions of cells? The, the simple reality is those that took these shots, the messenger RNA ones, for sure, according to this document, are now the chattel property of the patent holders. This is totally not come up for discussion right now. But actually, in documents you sent me, it has come up for discussion before. That's what I found so fascinating. Uh, a document uh, that you sent over that is from the UK Ministry of Defense, along with the German Ministry of Defense, actually takes this up. I'm going to read a, a rather lengthy quote from it uh, and then get your reaction to it, because I, I found this just incredible that I think it was from 2011. They did envision this very thing and what to do about it. This is, of course, uh, in defense, uh, talking about um, defense and the, therefore soldiers and so on. And that, of course, your case is taking up the soldiers' cases. But here's what they said. Um, so it, this, the document explains, by the way, this is a document put out by the UK Ministry of Defense in partnership with Germany's Bundeswehr Office for <coughs> Defense Planning. It actually says, human rights and property law are examples of legal fields which may need to adapt as technologies become integrated with rather than merely used by people. People have legal rights and machines do not, but human augmentation will make it increasingly difficult to adopt this binary approach as machines are integrated with our bodies, potentially at a molecular level, <laughs> which is exactly what we're talking about. As an example, they give that is the discussion about possibilities that humans may become cyborgs in the future. The term has many mythical, metaphorical, and technical connotations, but it reflects the idea that humans no longer merely used machines. We increasingly depend on them for our most human-like activities. Then it goes on and says, Ownership of human augmentation technologies and the data they use and collect will need to be carefully considered. If implants become integral parts of our bodies, for example, people who wear pacemakers, uh, often they do not have any rights to access data gathered and transmitted by these devices. Within the European Union, this problem is uh, in part managed by the privacy law, uh, general 
Data Protection Regulation, GDPR, which regulates access to personal data. It's incredible that they envisioned this back then because they knew that they're going to get into this kind of gene therapy, gene modification, that it's going toward uh, super soldiers or augmenting their military and then finding out what that will mean. And yet here we've done it on a global scale without this discussion really taking place. Yeah, a global scale, still phase three clinical trials. So the entirety of, of the user populations, billions of people, are effectively lab rats. Uh, I, I'm unaware of any of them getting proper informed consent for the, for the law. Uh, and, and I don't even know if anybody cares. It's really quite remarkable. In what you reference, I think, is part three of that particular document. It, it asks questions about ethics. You know, should we be considering these things? The horse is already out of the barn. It already happened. And so you can tell, going back to the NASA document, the 2001 document, this was a plan. Right? This, this didn't just happen. They've been planning it for a long time, and the military seemingly has been doing genetic modification experiments since 2005 on their soldiers with very limited informed consent requirements. There are a separate set of informed consent requirements. The only, uh, the only thing that's come out of U.S. law that I think has any bearing whatsoever on this, I think I'll take that back too. Number one is the Genetic Information Non-Discrimination Act that came out a few years ago. Um, and that's great. You can't discriminate against somebody based on their genetic information. It doesn't talk at all about how about not genetically modifying people or giving them a choice in the matter. Secondarily, when you look at the law and the totality of it around the planet, it all seems to be based on environmental protection, the, the focus Australia's is a good example, focuses on if there's an inadvertent spill. And we didn't intend to, to genetically modify you know, some cows over in this field or whatever the case may be. Uh, that's their concern. Not, not whether or not somebody has a voice in this or an interest in doing it to themselves. It's a foregone conclusion. And you find that in, in the 2001 document from NASA. All of this is happening irrespective of our desires. Here we have the documents. So how did this figure into your case with them not caring? You, you had mentioned earlier about how, why were they not paying attention, not even concerned about it? How did that figure into your case? It hasn't at all. The response we got out of the Department of Defense, the Department of Justice, who actually defends them, was a straightforward um, denial. Uh, you know, the law actually can't be more clear on this particular subject. And, and they kept kind of referencing things that weren't, weren't even salient. Um, and not, nowhere did they enter in the genetic modification part of this. Um, it, it really didn't even address informed consent. Even though this is an investigational new drug, investigational new, new device, it really wasn't addressed. They just ignored it, just like they did <clears throat> their own regulation, AR40562. It's, it's in their own rules, and they just ignore it. It's absolutely unbelievable. One of the, I guess you could say, things get really strange when we go down this path and that people don't know what to believe anymore. And that's why I wanted to bring you on to get the evidence out there so people could say, wait a minute, there's actually something to this because it, it seems so far-fetched. It seems impossible. For one thing, the military has kept a lot of what it's doing behind the scenes anyway. But for another, it just, it sounds so much beyond our, our realm of possibility. Uh, one of the things you mentioned is the liquid nanoparticles that are uh, used here, the documentation is there uh, for its use. What, what do they do? So the lipid nanoparticles, yes, they're throughout the documentation. They're in all the protocols. They're in all the patents. This is 
one of six that I see uh, delivery devices. And what they're delivering are payloads. And those payloads are fragments of uh, messenger RNA, RNA, and DNA. Some of them, uh, the other shots, will use adenovirus vectors to deliver the very same kinds of payloads. The, the point of those payloads, uh, and, and in my understanding in the Pfizer um, shots, there are eight different types of uh, fragments that they're delivering, eight different types of genetic modification that they're creating, at least, um, is, is they have to slip past your, your body's immune system. Right? So historically, apparently, the nanoparticles, the nanoparticles have been in our food. I think there's 3,300 prod- products or so on the market today that have them. Our bodies do a fairly good job of defending against it. So they've actually included other proteins taken from the uh, HIV studies, uh, again, back in the 2020s, to disarm our autoimmune system, to slip the, the nanoparticles, their, their molecular size, frankly, um, into the user cells. And in this particular case, it's the cardiovascular cells for the purpose of reprogramming those cells to produce these S proteins, the spike proteins. What do you see as the grave danger there with regard to the use of the liquid nanoparticles and the payloads? Because there's no end to it. So we did mass spectrometry studies on both the Moderna and the Pfizer shots. And what we found is that the ingredients are effectively the same. A huge amount of polyethylene glycol. um, They mentioned lipid nanoparticles and adjuvants. The point of it is that nowhere in those documents do they actually talk about what the payload is what messenger rna are they delivering what dna fragments so we we don't know what's in these because it's not disclosed in the filings with the fda it's in the patents you can see that and if you read through the patents you look up what all these different things are one of them probably turn you into a flying monkey i I really don't know Um, some of them seem to utilize, uh, for instance, E. coli um, chimerically blended, I guess for lack of a better word, with uh, Marburg. You know, elements of Ebola, all these other pathogens seem to be actually included in these in these payloads. We're really... And plus AIDS, you know, yeah. In the midst of quite the experiment, more, more expensive... HIV. Mental than, than people perhaps even know because it's not only, yeah, we couldn't have the time to develop this properly, so we developed a, a quick vaccine, sort of, that we think will work. Hopefully it will. We'll just go for it anyway. It's much deeper. It's, it's much beyond that. It's a totally novel technology that's never been used really on humans before um, and, and given and foisted upon you without, uh, without consent of any kind. Um, so what is your conclusion from this? What's your takeaway? We're going to bring you back on to get more into this, but what's your takeaway right now? And really, what's your takeaway for uh, the people out there? What should they be doing? The takeaway is this, and, and funny enough, I think it was in uh, Jurassic Park where the, you know, the, the scientist, the mathematician says you stood on the shoulders of giants and never stopped to ask whether or not this should be done, just whether or not it could be done. And that's exactly what's happened. You transfer, transforming the entirety of the world's population, or at least those that took these shots for now, um, into a new species. They're, they're no longer humans for purposes of law, according to the genetics genome, um, sorry, myriad genetics case. So what are they? Um, they're, they're people to you and I, but from perspective of you know, definition in the law, what are they and what rights do they enjoy? And it just strikes me that um, you know, these people could do this. They did do this without ever stopping to ask why. And it strikes me that they view themselves as gods. 
right? We are creatures of God. Uh, we're in the image of God. And it seems to me that they decided that wasn't good enough and they should make a whole lot of people the you know, creatures of their own. Well, they wanted to, de to defile God's creation. And that's what this is all about. Just like Satan was attempting to do via the fallen angel incursion of Genesis 6. That's the exact same thing. And he almost succeeded. God had to hit the reset button and start over with eight people on the ark and the animals. So um, Satan has done this before. It's, it's, it's blinding to me. And, and we're, we're to expect this again because Jesus said, as it was in the days of Noah, Genesis 6, so shall it be in the days of the coming of the Son of Man. So we should expect some similar, and we're seeing it. The kill shots alone are, are, are enough proof that they're trying to change our DNA, change us into something non-human, just like they were in the days of Noah. This is just confirmation of Scripture. How arrogant this is. Unbelievable stuff. Todd Collender, thank you so much for being with us. Um, tell us, how can people um, find out what you're up to? Uh, where, where, can they, uh, where can they get in touch? Uh, the name of our law firm is Disabled Rights Advocates. Uh, it's it's on the web. It's easy. DRAdvocates.com. DR is in doctor. Advocates. A-D-V-O-C-A-T-E-S.com. Fine. We have a good and close association with the website called VaxChoice, V-A-X-Choice.com, where there's constant updates and information for people to be aware of. Some blogs have been created as a result of it. It's really a large community of people around the planet that are looking for legal self-help that we provide there. Um, and, and, of course, we have lots of people uh, coming to our firm, and we try our, our very best to work with them and Truth for Health Foundation in particular. Okay, so um, we have that. Um, out of time on this segment, going to go to part three, and I will be able to, I believe, complete this in part three, Lord willing. So God bless you, and see you in part three.